0: Welcome to The Main Course. I'm Barbara Castiglia of Modern Restaurant Management. And today we're going to be talking about how a brand has grown and been established for 25 years and is now looking to even grow even more. So with me today is Nicole DiPietro, who's a vice president at Jeremiah's Italian Ice. So welcome, Nicole. So first, tell me about the concept and kind of the story behind the brand, you know, many people may not be aware, you know, you've been around for such a long time. And Mm -hmm. then that says a lot, you know, for a brand to be established and have a loyal following. So, you know, tell me about about where it started and what it actually the concept is.
1: Sure, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Barbara, by the way. Yeah, so Jeremiah's Italian Ice is a concept that is serving experience, is what I like to say. I say that we are a people business that happens to be serving a delicious, indulgent treat. We started in 1996 in Winter Park, Florida, and the past 26 years, we had been growing company-owned locations throughout Florida. During that time period, we were producing our product at our local commissary manufacturing facility and delivering it to all of our store locations. Um, We knew that we wanted to expand the footprint, but we really had to understand how we were going to be able to do that logistically. I was always a customer of Jeremiah's Italian Ice. I've lived in the central Florida area for over 25 years myself and had been coming to Jeremiah's Italian Ice for years. I grew up in the hospitality industry, so spent school here in the University of Central Florida and worked throughout some a couple of different organizations in the hospitality industry. even worked at a bakery when I was younger and then kind of stumbled in upon an opportunity to join the Jeremiah's Italian Ice team. And with that, speaking with Jeremy, he decided, I want to grow. I want to I want to be able to penetrate that Florida Florida barrier, and see if we can expand and and give our delicious treats, you know, all across the United States of America. So that's what we have been putting in place for the past five years to get to the point where we can actually share our culture, our experience, and our product with communities all around the Southeastern United States.
0: So tell me a little bit more about those delicious treats. You know, what's on the menu? What are some of, you know, your go-to choices? Awesome.
1: Yes. So at Jeremiah's Italian Ice, we serve freshly made Italian ice with very rich and creamy, indulgent ice cream, both vanilla and chocolate. And we create what we call the star of the show, the gelati. So the gelati is the perfect layering of our Italian ice and our our creamy ice cream. And there are at any given time, 24 to 26 flavors at every location. And you can mix and match your flavor combinations. You can have ice only. You can have multiple flavors of ice. You can have ice with ice cream, ice with layer which can be chocolate chips, cookie butter crumbles, Oreo pieces, things of that nature. My go-to on the fruity side is probably going to be our Bahama Freeze. It's a very tropical flavor, which I love. And more on the savory side is going to be our cookie butter. It is absolutely delicious. Again, they are just amazing treats that you really can't get anywhere else. A lot of places do a frozen dessert. Sometimes it's, you know, ice cream or ice cream cones or different flavors of ice cream. And then other places may do shaved ice or some sort of something similar to Italian ice. But we've really perfected that perfect layering. And that is what has continued to set our brand, I feel, apart from some of our competitors.
0: So how long have you been with Jeremiah's?
1: I've been with Jeremiah's five years now. Wow. So... Who would you say is the target market for your treats? Honestly, we get this question a lot and we have some demographic analysis, but really our treats are appealing to anyone, children, to, you know, older people, males and females, really anyone and everyone. We do. We are a very family friendly establishment and that's really who we target to. And when we do our local store marketing or really getting involved in the communities that we serve, we really focus on the schools that surround the locations that we're in. But really our treats appeal to everyone. Anyone that has a sweet tooth and that really wants to try something phenomenal or they're really going to enjoy Jeremiah's Italian Ice.
0: So there are similar type concepts out there. So who would you say is your competition and how do you think you compare to them?
1: I would say that our competition would really be Any dessert company and any frozen dessert company specifically, um, I think that Rita's has a very strong footprint probably in the northern United States and some in the southeast. Southeast United States, I just feel like our competition is going to be really at yogurt places that were very trendy for a while, ice cream, ice cream shops, maybe the Dairy Queens of the world, maybe the Bahama Bucks of the world, things of that nature. And truly, what I feel sets our brand apart from any of those brands is the experience that you get when you come to a Jeremiah's Italian Ice. Our five-star, uh, five-star customer service experience offer free samples all day. So the likelihood of someone being able to try any combination of flavors that they want and get something that they don't like is, is not very likely. So that's a part of our service model. And it's the culture, the people. We're really focusing on hiring vibrant, bold individuals that want to be serving the public and that want to do it with a smile and that will engage in a genuine greeting for those experiences. And I mean, we've seen, gosh, all kinds of things. When people come to Jeremiah's Italian ice, sometimes it's their first date. Sometimes they're coming, you know, after their piano lesson or their sports events, we've had people get engaged at Jeremiah's Italian ice. We have catered weddings. We've oddly enough, catered funerals. We have been a couple of different times Requested for last meals in the hospital for people who were, you know, for who were ill. I know it was a little morbid, but it just really spans, you know, anything and everything where people want to celebrate something, celebrate a life, celebrate connections, celebrate just having friendships, having family relationships, and and everything in between.
0: Right. Well, it kind of shows you know the the engagement that you've had with the customers and you know the the loyalty that they show that you know if they want to share those celebratory experiences with your brand you know mm-hmm. I, I mean even a funeral you know that's still they're probably celebrating something of that person's life that they mm-hmm. had a great experience at your store with them exactly
1: And we even have had a few guests get Jeremiah's Italian Ice logos tattooed on them. Um, (laughs) It's really interesting and very flattering. And we, you know, it's so exciting when we're driving around town because some of the things that we give away to our customers are magnets, Jeremiah's Italian Ice magnets. And to see them on cars all over and now to see them on cars in other states is super exciting because, you know, people, we, we realize that we're resonating with the communities that we're serving and they are very loyal. We have a lot of loyal, loyal following with our, our loyalty app. Our user app percentage is very high for the industry. So we're really proud of, of the success that we've posted at Jeremiah's Italian Ice over the years.
0: So let's talk a little bit about that app that you mentioned it. How long has it been in place and, you know, what does it, how does it engage with the guests to, you know, to get them to actually continually use the app? Mm
1: -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So we've always had somewhat of a loyalty program called the J-List, J-List Rewards, but it was an email program before that technology had become available when when we're more gravitating towards apps. So we do have a loyalty app now and that's been around, I think about five years, maybe a little under five years And we have several hundred thousand loyal guests with the app. And I I believe, and don't quote me on this, but I think the industry average for app participation is probably around 10%. And the average of our system is over 25%. So that just shows you that people that are subscribing to our app are actually using it and are, are engaged with us with the brand and that are going back for additional visits. So it's very exciting to see that as well.
0: So you're in Florida, and you know, you're looking to expand but what, you know, what are you looking for in locations in terms of in terms of the size that you need? You know, do you do you want drive throughs? What kind of space are you and the space requirements do you look for?
1: Okay. So we we are very similar to a lot of other fast casual concepts and looking for very similar footprints. So the sweet spot for us is going to be under that 1500 square feet. And we do look for drive throughs One of the main reasons why we look for drive throughs is because when we're entering markets that have colder temperatures or maybe have different seasonality than what we experience in, in Florida, we feel like the likelihood for success is going to translate better with, with the drive through and mitigate the risk quite a bit. But you can't always get a drive through on main and main because everyone is usually competing in that same space to get that size requirement. And so we also do inline, we have walk-up locations. So it's very popular, I believe, up north in, in New Jersey, Boston, New York, when, you, when you're going to an Italian ice shop or something, sometimes it's just a walk-up with a window. So that is traditional how we've set up our models. And if we can get a walk up with a drive-through On an end cap, even better. So those are the different types of real estate spaces that we also that we look for. We also have a non traditional program, which is kind of like a kiosk model. So we do have a couple of locations that are in food halls or in a C suite store. And so really, I feel like the like our flavors and like the pairing of our flavors, the the options are endless. So long as we we feel like we could we could squeeze into a footprint, you know, so long as it's within that that square footage, and we can make it work.
0: So that leads into, you know, your franchising. And one of the things that makes the brand franchisable is the this kind of flexibility and design print that you can offer. Mm -hmm. But what are some of the other things that you think that makes it franchisable and a good franchise for someone to want to invest in?
1: So for the past five years at Jeremiah's, I've really been working on putting in a lot of the structure and a lot of the processes that are needed to be able to be scalable, to be able to take your brand from a company store footprint and really expand throughout the United States, again, crossing those state barriers, we have to make sure that our systems and our processes are easy to understand, they're easy to train, and they make good business sense. And so we we have amazing programs with a lot of processes that have been put in place to, to try to make a simple operation, even simpler. And not to discount the operation because a lot of times people will come in and say, oh my gosh, how hard can it be? You're just scooping ice cream. It's actually a lot harder than people think, but that's a compliment to the brand, I feel like, because we make it look easy and right. the guests should always be able to experience the experience as opposed to having to know all that went into it. So I feel like our systems, our support center team, I've got an amazing team of, of just ambitious adults, young adults, people that have grown through the ranks. Some of our our executive team leaders have started at at a unit level employee rank and our director positions now. And I think it's really the simplicity and how we're able to walk people through that process to get them from signing a franchise agreement to opening the store location and support beyond that.
0: So what are you looking for in a franchise partner? So we are really looking for
1: the cultural alignment. We are looking for candidates that really embody our core values, that they understand that we are a very generous business. We're giving away free samples all day. Sometimes that doesn't sit well with a lot of business people. We want to make sure that they're going to have strong ties and build the community t- the community connections the same way that we have because we have proven that that's what really works. I always feel like because I still meet people that have never tried Jeremiah's Italian Nice. And I always say if we can get product in people's hands, then they'll be a loyal guest for life. And so, a big part of our candidate selection process is really explaining to them what our local store marketing program, which is really a grassroots, boots on the ground marketing program, looks like, and what that means for them. As far as you know, generous is one of our core values. They're going to be giving a lot of a lot of free items, a lot of vouchers, a lot of discounts. And it's like as I mentioned, sometimes people are not comfortable with that, but that is actually a part of our franchise program. It's built into all of our cost models, and I think again. It's it's a very small mini investment that you're you're making by giving someone a free sample or also uh, dropping off treats at their school or at the local fire departments, the, um, the police departments, the hospitals, you know, local car dealerships. Again, you know, ice cream tends to put a smile on people's faces if they are fans of, of the frozen frozen treat. So we're just looking to, to to brighten people's days and we're looking for franchise partners that really want to do the same.
0: So you're really looking for people who want to be part of the community that they're located in.
1: Correct. We want to make sure that a franchise partner that comes on board with us ag- understands what the cultural alignment and we're obsessed with our brand and with our standards and we want to make sure whether you've had food service experience or not that you are going to do the right thing every single day and if you do that and you follow the follow the process and you trust the process then you can you can be very successful as a franchisee with Jeremiah's Italian ice.
0: You mentioned a lot of really great examples about how, you know, how you can engage with the community. Do you have any others that you could offer?
1: Oh sure. I mean, we wanna be the providers at the school football games. So we do a lot of vending opportunities. We do a lot of local parades, we're at craft fairs, we're at festivals, we're at carnivals in the fall, we're anything and anywhere where we can have a presence is what we like to do. And we have an amazing setup that has branded tents and we have we'll send our squad members out to school. But the the real the real joy comes from being able to partner with certain organizations in the community and give back. That's really important for the brand. So, and it's very different in every single market. We allow our managers on the company to have the autonomy to, to select organizations that are near and dear to their hearts and help them support those things. So, we do fundraisers and spirit nights at our stores all the time, anything for raising money for cancer research or Lyme disease or, you know, pets, things like that. So, we do allow them some some autonomy to make those decisions, but really I feel like the opportunities are endless in this in this category, because, again, what we're looking to do is to create an experience, to give someone a reason to come back to Jeremiah's and to also be a part of those uh, community ties that may or may not already be established in the communities that you serve. So a lot of opportunity there.
0: So in terms of the expansions, what parts of the country are you looking to move into? And, you know, are you targeting any particular ones?
1: That's a great question, Barbara. We are
0: really focusing primarily
1: on the Southeastern United States, as I mentioned. We really want to make sure we get a handle on the seasonality because even in Florida, even in the months, I mean, I live in Florida and this past winter, even in December, it was very warm, but we we start to see a drop off in sales come late October and it usually starts to decline and, and, and it's manageable, but it lasts through January or February and then picks back up in March. So we want to try to be in climates that mirror Florida as much as possible to try to mitigate the risk. And I think once we're able to demonstrate that, then we may actually start kind of inching up to the northern markets and maybe look at being more in direct competition with some of those brands that I mentioned previously. Right now, we are currently in Florida, Georgia, Texas, North Carolina, South Carolina, Louisiana, I'm probably forgetting one right now. We're filling out markets in Tennessee. I think that that's that's pretty much all of the the all of the areas in the footprint that we're looking to expand in.
0: So you talked a little bit about your staff and kind of cultivating them, you know, and and having them come up in the ranks. Obviously staffing has been a huge issue. It was even before the pandemic, but now so even more. What have you been experiencing with staffing and what way, in what ways do you support and encourage them?
1: So yes, Barbara, uh, this year and this past couple of years have been, I've never seen anything like it in my 25 year career in hospitality. There's been nothing like this. And I've had the pleasure of working for brands that had very low turnover because the culture is very strong and the culture is very strong here at Jeremiah's as well. We've had to pivot quite a bit post pandemic. We've realized that a lot of times we pride ourselves on being first employer. So a lot of the young adults that we employ at 16 years old in the state of Florida, that's their first job. So a lot of what ended up happening for us post-pandemic is a lot of the parents wanted their kids home with them, which we completely understand and we support. So we've had to to pivot quite a bit. Our our HR team and our area managers work diligently at trying to find those individuals that want to work and that want to execute our our standard and do it in with, with a pleasant attitude and, and a genuine greeting and really give that five-star experience. So we're going to do a lot of different things. What what we do that I think is unique at Jeremiah's is we also empower our managers, our store managers in the company side. And we also suggest this on the franchise side. We give them a employee morale budget every single month and the store manager can cultivate and, and create all kinds of culture building opportunities with their squads. And it can be anything from you know, a gift card for a sales competition. It could be taking the team bowling, you know, buying them pizza after a big big dinner rush. A lot of different things, external activities. they want to take their take their team to to top golf or something like that. And we we are a culture of appreciation. I think it's extremely important to be able to connect with with your demographic. We do employ a very young demographic. I've had to, Kind of throw out my handbook from the past and and really reinvent myself to understand what they want. It doesn't matter what I want, you know, if, if 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 for me appreciation looks like, you know, you did a great job today, but for someone else, you know, they want to see it in a different way. I've really been trying to coach our team on you need to find what resonates with your squad members, with your managers, with your teams. We've created a culture committee and the culture committee really has they are they're working in our stores so they have a good pulse pulse check on what everyone's saying what are they talking about what are things that they want how do they learn you know what could how could we improve our training process is there a way that we can improve our operational process to really make sure that we are staying connected with our squad members and appreciating them with, with in in methods that resonate with them. So that's, that's how we keep the squad engaged. And, you know, our turnover, pre pre COVID was between 40 and 50%, which is really unheard of in the hospitality industry, definitely different after after the pandemic, and just for a lot of a lot of reasons, some of which we mentioned, but just always trying to keep a good pulse check on on our our squad because they're the ones that are going to be executing every single day they're the ones making the product they're the ones that are um, delivering that experience so we just we, we invest a lot in our people people are our number one asset we, we invest a lot in their training and their onboarding and then also in their growth and development
0: and are there any particular characteristics that you look for in the hiring process
1: Yes. Our core values are cool, bold, vibrant, genuine, generous, and strategic. And that usually guides our hiring decisions. So we're looking for ways that potential squad members exemplify those core values. Tell me tell me about a time where you, you, you gave a genuine experience or a genuine greeting, or talk to me about your connections. What do you do? What do you like to do for fun? Are you involved in, in sports activities? Do you like to be on a team? Things like that. So we're really looking for people that embody the core values and that are open and willing to learn. And I think that that's also something that's unique about the job market that we're in right now is a lot of times people may need a, a position to fill or they may need a job, but they may not want to do all of the things that are included in that job description. So we're, we try to be as clear as we possibly can with the communication, because I think communication really is everything. And just It clearly communicating the expectation of what we're looking for and making sure that we're consistent with holding people accountable to that expectation.
0: So in addition to staffing, another one of the issues that restaurants have been dealing with, in addition to the pandemic, is supply chain or or probably Mm -hmm. due to the pandemic somewhat, you know, supply chain issues. Have you experienced any of those kind of challenges in terms of of getting actual supplies for the stores?
1: Yes, we have experienced that the same as everyone else. And in fact, it's actually it can be a little more detrimental to our business because we only serve two products. So if we're not able to get the vessel, which there's been incredible plastic shortages and the spoon, it's really hard to serve our delicious treats if we don't have the vessel, you know, to be able to serve it in. So we have run into a Quite a bit of challenges, but we we pivot quickly and we we are able to make adjustments as needed. So for instance, if we have store potentially in Texas or you know Arizona or Louisiana, and we're not able, they're not able to get product because their local distribution house may be out of product. We've had to move things around, we've had to ship to them, send it overnight, we've had to just make any and any reasonable accommodation that we can to make sure that all of our stores are fully operational. And we're just constantly sourcing other items and just making sure that we have backup plans in place, contingency plans. But it does, it's, it can be very frustrating for the franchisee as well as us as the franchisor and our, our company owned stores, because a lot of times we're at the mercy of of the supply chain. And so even if we put good processes in place to say, talk to me about what your on-hand inventory is and what POs you have and what's expected in, if the truck doesn't arrive, it doesn't really matter. So we're constantly having to to, to shuffle some things around. And I think it's going to be like that for a little bit for the indefinite future, but it just is a good learning experience for us to be able to understand the importance and the sense of urgency of being strategic and having a plan. So we really coach our franchisees and our managers on that strategy to make sure that they're able to prepare for those things if in the event that they do happen.
0: What's the overall brand pandemic experience been like? You mentioned, you know, having some staff members where their parents were concerned about them working and they wanted to have them at home. But what have you seen? Have What kind of changes have you seen in the guest experience and and in staffing? So it's
1: kind of, it's very interesting. And I've learned a lot through this pandemic. We've actually been extremely busy. So I think the fact that we are priced at, to be a value proposition for our guests has been very helpful, especially during when the pandemic first started, where a lot of people were working from home, where kids were not at school, you know, parents to be able to take their family for, for a treat for sometimes under 20, 20, 25 bucks was was something that really worked in our favor. And then the, the fact that we do have low touch points, we only have um, on the company side, two full interior concepts. So the rest are the walk-ups. So you know, you're out in the fresh air as opposed to having touching a lot of surfaces or having to deal with like people, crowded people and things like that and the drive-through. So that's definitely helped us. We actually fared very well during the pandemic in that first year. We were our drive through stores were up in sales, which was incredible. And we had to go to reduced hours and due to staffing and, and due to the exposure. And even now, you know, we still see spikes and the COVID protocols. We follow the CDC guidelines because the safety and security of our squad members and our guests is of the utmost importance to us. So we're always making sure that we're staying on top of that and, and doing our best to to mitigate exposure, but it does happen. And sometimes it's hard to have that A team and B team, which would be ideal because just staffing shortages in general don't allow for that. So again, it's, it's a lot of strategy and it's a lot of all hands on deck. So the fact that we do have stores that are in areas where like, for instance, in central Florida, we have several locations. So if a store ends up having exposure, we're able to kind of borrow employees from some of our other store locations to be able to still be operational. We're experiencing that some of our store locations in the outer markets don't don't have that, but I'm, I'm proud to say that if, if we were ever closed, it was not for a significant period of time. Think we've been very blessed to, to be in that situation because that's the other thing. I mean, we. We started franchising in 2019 and we actually we before that we went back to our J List before it was actually the app because we had so many inquiries of people that wanted to be involved in Jeremiah's. So once we decided that we were gonna launch the franchising program, we utilized the app to be able to reach those guests. And a lot of the franchisees that signed were on those original lists and then we get to they're super excited they're getting ready to open and then boom the pandemic hits mm-hmm. we opened 10 stores that year in five different states so that was definitely you know a unique situation and to to really keep those franchisees inspired and motivated and engaged and 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 really hope for the best in, in the markets that we were mm-hmm. that we were in but thankfully we've 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 fared very well and and just super fortunate to, to be able to still be in that position today
0: so we talked a little bit about the loyalty app. What other ways is technology integrated into the brand?
1: So we are utilizing a lot of different technology. We have a platform for um, all of our communication portals, and we're actually considering going to more of an app based one that has gamification that really will continue to engage on a training, a training platform. Again, the always having to keep in mind who are our squad members, who are our guests who are our customers, our customers are the franchise family. So we always have to be mindful of balancing what's a nice to have versus a need to have. If it's something that is going to have a cost associated with it, then we have to be able to demonstrate what, the ROI would be if it's you know if it's going to help improve sales that's one avenue if it's going to help improve communication or guest relations or squad member relations that's also another avenue so it's a it's, a, it's pretty pretty big balancing act social media obviously is is big for us and we're just constantly exploring all kinds of technology i think in the future we may have to look at some different options for ordering potentially and you know maybe a kiosk model that you know may help with some of the staffing issues. so we're just we're always evaluating it. We do want to be innovative and we do want to be able to be again scalable. so, And just being mindful, like I said, it is a balancing act because there are a lot of things we would like to do, but you have to always be thinking about, you know, that the franchisee, how are they going to receive this? Is this something that they think we just think is nice? If it doesn't really show or demonstrate that it's going to help build their business or make their business successful, it's hard to get adoption on things like that. So we we do balance that pretty well, at least for, for now.
0: So what's the concept of the frog squad? So the Frog Squad is our internal employee community.
1: And that's what we have coined them, the Frog Squad. And again, it's just, it's it's all of the the teams that we employ, that we engage. And we call ourselves the Frog Squad family. And we even translate that in the franchise side. We're the franchise Frog Squad family. It just resonates really well. And we play on the frogs quite a bit. For Jeremiah's Italian Ice, it was the, the owner, his name is Jeremy Litwack. And when he was younger, his his parents used to call him Jeremiah. And then, based on the Three Dog Night song, Jeremiah, you know the the right. plays "Joy it's to the World." Yeah. Jer- yes. Jeremiah um, was a bullfrog. So we do play on the puns of anything with cool, cold, ice, ice cream, things of that nature, as well as frogs.
0: So that kind of leads into you know your culture and core values and and the concept of live life to the coolest. So what does that mean to you in terms of, you know, of what you do on a day-to-day basis?
1: So live life to the coolest is kind of a play on the live life to the fullest. And for me at Jeremiah's living life to the coolest is still is, is always remembering that you can you can be professional you can have accountability you can have results and you can still be lighthearted and have fun we always want to be a brand that that is fun that's fun and cool and and hip and that it it doesn't necessarily have to be my definition of cool it's your definition of cool it's you know all of our guests definition of cool which looks different for everyone it just reminds me to not take myself or anything too seriously i think it's it's one of those things where there's a lot of things that go on um, with running a business, especially in this day and age and in this marketplace and economic climate that we're in. But you have to remember the reasons why we're doing it and the reasons are for the people and to be able to deliver delicious treats at a at a reasonable price point and, and put smiles on people's face is really what the goal is. And we do that through the people. So we're always we're always inspiring people to live life to the coolest. Perfect.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much.